I want you to do me a favor, Brandon. I want you to look up the meaning of the word paperclip in French. All right, let me check it out. I'm going to Google Translate here. Switching to English. Paperclip. Switching it away from paperclip, which is what I have on Japanese. Um, trombone blast. Yeah. <laughs> I just found that out. It's great. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> I love sausage and beer. Best regards. This is episode 247 of Insert Credit, a curated arrangement of video game topics where our panel of experts must address each question presented to them in no less than six minutes or reckon with a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and when I'm starting a video game, I typically choose the medium difficulty. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm Frank Cifaldi. Uh, when I'm starting a video game, uh, I typically don't mess with the... Uh, the difficulty at all um but uh the second that i'm frustrated on a game that i don't care much for uh i go straight for easy because i don't care seems right uh i'm tim rogers and i start video games on whatever the the difficulty setting is set to by default because i know full well that video games are most often designed and tuned around whatever difficulty setting they suggest of mm -hmm. the player at the beginning. There are times I would switch it to hard, depending on the game. Though you, the games I like on hard usually don't let you play them on hard until you finish them, which is a little curious. That's a shame. Why is that? Why won't a game let you play on hard right away if you really want to? I don't know, but man, Kingdom Hearts 2 is so good. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 2 is really good on hard, and so is Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Uh, they're, they're very, very good video games to play on the hardest difficulty, but you can't play them on the hardest difficulty until you beat them once, which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. I I don't know why that is. I guess they're artificially creating replay value. No, I, well, okay, I'm, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and I usually start on default, but sometimes I will start on easy for something where, like, I know that the difference is the amount of health that enemies have, and that's about it. Like, then I'll just yeah start on easy, because why not? So I'd say it's about 50-50 for me, default or easy. Um, but the reason I believe that they don't let you play on harder difficulties right away is because developers are death deathly afraid that you will think that the game is too complicated and quit and uh, not see very much of the video game. I'm 90% I'm sure that that is the reason for not allowing you to do uh, it. They put a little disclaimer on there. The thinking is that if you're good enough at it, then you can handle all this extra stuff, but otherwise you shouldn't try. In the case of Kingdom Hearts, I think they should just let you have it. Um, yeah, why I, not? Because anybody, anybody getting on board there, if they can find the difficulty setting... They should they should enjoy it as a treat. It's <laughs> if it, you know the game starts up, all they gotta do is say recommended, and then if you choose hard, say uh this game's real hard on the hard setting. If you've never played one of these before, try it on normal. Like I mean, I think a lot of games do that. Yeah. I mean, I I know that 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 stuff goes wrong in user tests and and uh, the focus groups kind of bring out the absolute worst interpretations of anything and i understand that there the nightmare exists 
that the player will launch into the hard mode even after being warned against it four or five times and then give up on the game uh that person might also lose their controller they might also accidentally step on their game console because they keep it on the floor they might slip and drown in their toilet instead of taking a dump you know it's there's a whole lot of other stuff i say just let me have the hard mode man yeah i think it's particularly tough for japanese companies to get around that Mm -hmm. like i I think a lot of western companies are doing that stuff already but for the japanese companies they feel like these games are too complicated already that god of war game had the let you have the give me god of war difficulty um from the very beginning which was a very hard difficulty they just let you they let you turn it on and they they tell you hey man it's kind of gonna suck if you're not like a real pro and then the sort of like meathead dude who's just gonna insist he's the best at video games on earth because he watches his favorite esports youtuber all day or whatever like that kind of guy is going to get through the whole game on the hardest difficulty and then tell people that it's the best game ever and that it wasn't that hard i feel like doom kind of popularized that i beat kingdom hearts 3 and i was like i don't want to play this game anymore and then much later i was like oh i i, I could play it on the hard difficulty and i'm like oh this actually this rules this is fun but it took like a year for me to get back into that do you think that game was designed on the hard difficulty no i don't i think the hard difficulty is just kind of it's it's kind of a delicate balance on the amount of extra little challenges they juice out of it i feel like the final fantasy 7 remake was designed for the hard difficulty Hmm. for a wide variety of reasons but yeah interesting question all right well i'm gonna count that as topic one so let's move on to number two Bloomberg reports that Rockstar is attempting a more culturally sensitive approach to Grand Theft Auto 6. Ah. Uh, People are already mad about this. Yeah. Uh, But how do you remedy the tone of GTA while maintaining its sort of crass and irreverent spirit? Well, I'm going to tell you. First of all, it's real funny that the people who are mad at this are uh, your typical kind of conservative person who 20 years ago would have been like saying to ban these games that's very funny yeah friend of the show Mm -hmm. isaiah was talking about this how uh they've gone from these games should not be available to you should be able to shoot a prostitute in the face and uh the woke mob is is destroying our freedoms very interesting stuff i mean i'm not going to say red dead redemption 2 is the most uh culturally sensitive video game ever made because it's not but there's uh there is an ocean of difference between the, the the Grand Theft Auto that you remember or think you remember. If you're if you're a fan of Grand Theft Auto, you're just kind of a a passing glancer at it. There is an ocean of difference in the complexity and maturity of the writing in Red Dead Redemption Two versus even just Grand Theft Auto Five. And it's again, it's the same writers, right? So I don't know, man. I think Red Dead Redemption Two is is a is is basically a Grand Theft Auto game. But is it a comedy? Well, no, no. But I mean, is is Grand Theft Auto a comedy, though? I'd say intentionally, yes. I agree. I mean, it, I mean, what makes it culturally insensitive is that they're they're like kind of trying to offend. I feel. Yeah, it's got jokes, but I mean, at at the core, Grand Theft Autos four and five were really just kind of big story based RPGs where there was meaningful character growth 
and the characters learn things and uh, go have arcs and you know except for the character who is specifically uh, indicated as a psycho who will never change or never learn anything it's kind of like he's in there as a dark remnant of the the, the main character's past there is a story in there and they have been interested in doing more than stupid jokes for the last two games in the series which covers a decade and a half of, of history they have been interested in that we've got bully we've got uh red dead redemption one like they they have been interested in more than just jokes and i for one say why not make a grand theft auto that's just a good story because red dead redemption 2 had a good story and and not only a good story but a good meaningful story that was very critical of american exceptionalism and and uh, there's just a whole lot of really meaty I hesitate a little bit to say just actual like literary stuff in there let these people go ahead and make a a, a cool story they've proven to me that that they can do it um i remember grand theft auto 3 being compared to the sopranos do you remember this does everybody yes. remember this it's the sopranos of video games why because it's got voice acting and some gangsters in it like it it definitely wasn't the sopranos of video games it was uh you know the uh, the, the simpsons uh riff on uh the sopranos of video games the fat tony of video games yeah something like that yeah i don't know it's the fact that anyone would be uh upset or pretending to be upset about this i mean the nature of the grand theft auto games has changed so drastically between grand theft auto 2 and 3 and then again between grand theft auto 3 and vice city where your character now has a voice and he's voiced by you know rest in peace ray liotta you know and then uh i they're they've they've been changing tone very drastically every time That's and in their true. games outside grand theft auto they've been making enormous strides toward doing stuff differently both with game mechanics like they've clearly cast their vote on the side of verisimilitude whereas you know there were uh, there was for a while there were open world games like saints row that were saying let's focus on the funny stuff open world games are inherently funny whereas with red dead redemption 2 i feel like they very clearly cast a vote that rockstar is going to make just one huge game at a time and each of these huge games is going to be a spiritual continuation of the previous one because red dead 2 felt like a spiritual continuation of grand theft auto 5 i feel like grand theft auto 6 will be a spiritual continuation of red dead 2 and i feel like red dead 2 where the 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 prevailing opinion when the game first came out was your character's so slow takes forever to get anywhere your horse can get sick uh, my horse hit a tree and now he's dead my horse kicked me in the head and killed me right like uh, the prevailing opinion out there was this game is so realistic that it's it's stupid but that just ended up being funnier in the long run for the real comedians these days the, like the the them hauser brothers or whoever's uh whoever they've got over there is they are not the comedians anymore the real comedians are the people posting gifs and viral clips on their tiktoks and twitters ah. like we like you there can still be a crassness to it uh it's just it's going to come out in the clips it's emergent. let them go ahead and have their their bone serious stone-faced crime story and uh do make it about uh, a, a non-white, uh, non-male main character. Like, go for it. Sure. Like, let's let's see what you got. They've got plenty of people working over there. I don't know. Sorry, I, I've re researched a lot of this independently too recently for 
various reasons. I got, I got stuff to say about this too, though. Let, let's add a little time to this. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about, they talk about this stuff hand in hand with sensitivity reading and things. And I right. think that people misunderstand the point of sensitivity reading. There was there was a good thread on this uh, a while ago, but um, it's it's not about trying to make a game that doesn't offend anybody. Sensitivity reading is about knowing who you're offending and how. And you can do it on purpose. You can offend people if you want to. They're not going to stop you from doing that. It's just being aware of who you're offending in, and in what ways. And if you want to do that, then you can do it. And if you don't want to do it, then you will be presented with options for how not to do it. But it's not going to be, it's not about making things toothless or uninteresting yeah. or bland or generic. It's about oh, absolutely, full yeah. awareness of what's going on. With, uh, yeah, I wasn't suggesting that you were saying that or anything, Tim. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that because a lot of the things that they are afraid of are obviously not things to actually be afraid of. You know, they're worried that there's going to be like a woman who's a character and that's just, that's entirely their own problem. A woman can still be foul-mouthed and hit people in the face and aff be offensive in certain ways and whatever, but maybe yeah. the intentionality of it is is more targeted and, and less blanket. Let's use as many slurs as we can in this sentence. Like, it's right. not, not going to be that. It's going to be like, I'm going to use this particular slur against this particular person for this particular <laughs> story reason. You know, I think it's going to be mm -hmm. more like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think that uh, this is all still, you know, obviously speculation coming from unknown sources, uh, unconfirmed reports. Uh, you know, like whatever. Like it's a, uh, it was our, it was our good friend or my, uh, my good friend Jason Schreier who wrote this story and and posted it. And I, uh, uh, like all, like all uh, great Americans, uh, I didn't read the story right because I right. can't because it's behind a paywall. So, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly. I, I saw quotes, which is it's gonna have a f a female protagonist, and it's not going to be as offensive because employees at Rockstar have been lobbying for a couple years now to just uh, kind of cut it with the uh, you know the sophomoric butthole jokes, right? And uh, just all of the stupid jokes. I don't mean jokes about buttholes. When I say butthole jokes, I mean jokes that just uh, emerged from a butthole. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, the fact that people are out there getting real mad about it is weird, but that is also just how stuff goes nowadays in this uh, this engagement-driven social media world. It's kind of just a nothing story at the moment. They're making a Grand Theft Auto 6? Of course. It's going to have uh, more of a story and less of a you know, restaurants with like fast food restaurants with racial slurs in the, the menu items, you know, you're not going to be able to order a racial slur burger at slur burger, right. you know, <laughs> or whatever, whatever the thing is anymore. Man, I bet they're mad they didn't come up with slur burger. Uh, oh, slur burgers. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, uh. I'd go for that. So and it's, I mean, it, it's basically, I, I assume, because I haven't delved into any sort of a social media thing uh, this week. Uh, very busy. Though I, I'm, I, I assume, which is not a thing a journalist would do, but I'm not a journalist, so that's okay. I assume that the, the majority of the conversation is teenage boys uh, histrionically repeating uh, some rhyming catchphrases or uh, saying that, talking about how this is how they're, where they decided to never play Grand Theft Auto again, or 
saying that Grand Theft Auto V wasn't very good anyway. We're saying that Red Dead Redemption 2 sucks. Well, it's also a uh, GOP congressional candidate yeah. um, <laughs> as well. Yeah. Who is, who is interested. That's the difference. That's very funny. Well, yeah, that uh, that person's probably an idiot. I don't have to know who it is. Yeah, that's what we're uh, that's what we're going with on this one. I think that's we can. Yeah. Okay. My game's gonna be cool. Whatever they only make, yeah, they don't make that great. many games. And whenever they do make one, I'm sorry. Every single one of the their their modernish video games is pretty cool. If you ever are hard pressed for a game to check out, check out that bully game. I don't know. Look for the Rockstar logo. That's a somewhat culturally yeah. sensitive. Uh, a nuanced uh, portrait of something. Check it out. Sure, I don't know. I play that game. I like that game. Question two. How do you create urgency in a video game without an explicit timer? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, very clearly, the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog underwater music, you don't know when it's going to start. That's true. That's true. There's a timer that's Then it does give you a timer, yeah. But I think this is related to a, a tweet that I made where I, there there's this person who's making a game that I don't remember the name of, um, where you're a penguin and you're just rushing through zones. And if you look at most of the gifs of the game, mm-hmm. it looks fine. It's like a regular game where you're running around and jumping on stuff. It's very platformy. But then they did this one where you, you had a series of buildings to go through and each building was a tiny platform pu- puzzle, but the building was falling down. The building was sinking. And so you'd get into the next building and then that would start to sink and then into the next area and that would start to sink. And it creates a de facto timer and tension without there being a timer. And it it feels real cool uh, and it's real good to look at because like it's completely all together in there. It's it's thematically sound. The timing of it is is it becomes the point rather than an extraneous thing that you've stamped on there. So I thought that was Super clever. Um, another one that I like is uh, I do think there is a timer in it, but the timer isn't really what you're paying attention to. In Valis Four, Super Valis Four, rather for the Super Nintendo, the remixed one, there's a uh, the boss health bar is on the bottom. I think I've talked about this before, but the boss health bar is on the bottom of the screen at all times, and and it's ticking up. So the the uh, longer you take, the more health the boss has when you get to them. Oh, that's cool. If you're quick the boss has less health. And so there's there's this pull between wanting to explore and get more magic and do whatever uh, and wanting to basically speed run the thing because it makes it easier to beat the boss. Uh, I love that one. Uh, you know, that that mechanic's actually in an earlier game on the Famicom, like a really early game. Uh, oh, yeah? Bio Senshi Dan, oh, cool. uh, which came out in 87. Um, and each stage is sort of like a very micro Metroidvania with a boss somewhere. And the longer you take, the more, not only do they have more health, they actually like evolve and get bigger too. Mm. So it's like a little mazy. So you're kind of like, I got to get through here quick to find the guy. Right. And you're not going to get the cool, like secret weapons and stuff if you rush to the boss. Mm-hmm. So it's a, yeah. 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 That's a good one. I don't know why we don't see that more really. It's smart and interesting. Although I like to relax. So maybe that's why <laughs> I probably wouldn't do it. I like chilling out. But yeah, if you can imagine like, Celeste with micro zones and uh, it's constantly falling. For whatever reason, I don't enjoy in, for example, Rondo of Blood, you've got sequences or is it Rondo or is it uh, Bloodlines? I can't remember. It might be Bloodlines where you've got rising water. Maybe it happens in both. You got rising water and... Bloodlines, I believe, is the the one, you're, you're the example you're looking for. 
Yeah, I think it's bloodlines. The water line is rising, and you, you a lot of games do this, and the platforms disappear below, and then if you wind up, if the platform's scrolled off by the time you land on it, then then you die. That one, it it just feels more arbitrary, whereas the platform's falling, like you can see all of them, but they're falling down from above rather than uh, being destroyed from below. Um, it, it feels more like I'm being pushed forward uh, or or pulled forward rather than being pushed forward, which I I like more. I think it's much better. That that just seeing that person's little little video made me think about a whole lot of stuff. So I wish I could remember the name of their game, so that I could be nice about it. I'll see if I can find it before we finish this topic. Yeah, and if we do, we'll drop in the show notes. All right, here's our next question: the iconic death sound effect from Roblox that kind of sounded like a child getting punched in the gut was recently removed from the game due to a copyright claim from Tommy Tallarico. What should they replace it with? My God, you gotta love it. Tim, use your soundboard <laughs> and uh, tell us what to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> the iconic death sound. Uh, so Roblox, when you die, here's what you, here's, here it is. I've chosen this one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> pretty there good. You go. Pretty good. That's pretty good. That's That's the one, I believe. I believe that should be it. I think Jeff Gersman had the best uh, take on Twitter, which was, uh, there goes the Amico's last revenue stream. Ref. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ref stuff. Yeah. Oof. Oof. A little fun fact. So, you know, once that was discovered, uh, Tommy Tallarico kind of decided it was like a selling point now that he's the Ro- Roblox oof guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. like if you watch the video from uh, like Virtual E3... From last year, you know, he's he's like, and I made the oof sound because you know, and, and that like that that tone that he takes that's like you know, adults that hate kids but make kids programming that kind of mm-hmm. tone. Yeah, oh yeah. What's really great about this whole situation is uh, he did not create the oof sound. In fact, he once specifically tweeted the name of the person at his studio who generated the oof sound. That tweet has since been deleted. Oh dang, that's hilarious. <laughs> He decided it was lucrative to be the oof guy. Oof. Um, what a rebrand. Yeah. So he's done with the video game console business uh, officially, and he's opening up the oof store. Right. The oof store. <laughs> yeah. But his one customer is uh, gone, so. Rebranded the oof, yeah. <laughs> is he going to remake the Shinji Mikami's masterpiece, Oof Troop? Yeah. I think yeah. he's, he's going to start uh, licensing it out to birthday cards. So when you open it up, it's like, oof, you're 40. Mm. Oh, very good, very it good. Should just be that Mario death sound, Wah! right? Yeah, I just I think uh, that's Mario takes damage. God, Mario takes damage is just such a hardcore name <laughs> yeah. for a dot yeah. wave. I mean, that's just fantastic. Uh, I'll take I'll take some damage, please. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty darn good. The actual question is, what are we replacing it with, right? Like, that yeah. was the question. Yes. I mean, that was the jumping off point, sure. sure. Actually, we can, hold on, we can do a hybrid. Thank oh. you. <laughs> Just, uh, no, I think I prefer uh, the clean thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. do like the, Wah! I think that's good. So it's it's like the thank you plays on, like, the frame that you die, right? Right. Like, so <laughs> the player has not, like, fallen to the ground yet. They are, like, saying thank you as they die, right? <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. I- I- implying that uh, all they really want is a release from this blocky right. world. 
Like you hear it, please let me go. Before you know that they're dead, exactly. Like that, that's the first thing that happens is you hear a thank you as they're starting yeah. their descent. Yeah, I think if we knew that the Amico had a startup sound and we knew what that startup sound was, that would be good. The Amico startup sound, huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't think they got that far, dude. Looking at my soundboard here, I've got an Elgato Stream Deck XL. That's not an endorsement because I don't really like it. It's just the only thing that okay. the buttons are too mushy. It's it's just not a very good thing. Uh, but it does what I need it to, which is start recordings while I'm sitting on my sofa. I can start a recording of a video game and then stop it without having to get up the computer. Saves me several gigabytes per year. Um, I'm looking over it, and I'm looking at all the sounds on this soundboard page. And, I mean, it is an 8 by 4 grid of 32 sounds. And this is very interesting. So we've got, uh, you know, a couple classics. Uh, you know, there, there's just a couple of classic ones. You're not Alexander! They're just... Uh, they're all pretty nice, right? Mm -hmm. I think all of these sounds are pretty good. And, uh, you know, there's... I'll stop that one. Um, so there's there's a lot of sounds here. Interesting. I was very interested to find out, uh, and I, I didn't notice this until just now, there's no Tommy Tallarico sounds on here. So, uh, oh, you know, uh, there's not a single one. Uh, that was my great joke about Tommy Tallarico's Thank you. Uh, influence uh, on sound design. Uh, <laughs> get owned, Tallarico. Maybe the real answer is we, it should be the uh, it should be the Esper sound, aka Klonoa's Wahoo. You get killed and it goes Wahoo, and then there you go. The bright my day. Steal from Klonoa. Go for it. Yeah. You know what? Klonoa sucks. No. Klonoa is pretty good. Grab stuff with your I ears. I played almost all of the first Klonoa somewhat recently. More like Klayessa. Game blows. I'm sorry. No. Uh, the vibe is off the charts. Yeah. Graphics are hot. Yeah, good graphics. The vibe is, again, vibe off the charts. But uh, the the design is trash can dumpster. No, no not trash can dumpster. The feeling of it is, it's completely. It's floppy and loose, that's true. But it is linear as heck. All of the, I mean, I, I mean, I could sit here and uh, pick it apart quite aggressively, but all, I'll, I mean, that would be mean. So I'll just say that uh, it should be dunked in the trash. Uh, I don't think, I mean, again, love the graphics. I think looking and sounding good is enough for me to go through and, and no. the rest of it is competent enough that it's, it's good enough for me to, to go through. I don't think that it's, uh, it's worthy of the trash. Cool can. graphics are, are great, but without are. game design, it's like wearing a nice pair of shoes with no socks. You know, it's just uncomfortable for me for it to not possess in what I believe is the most important category, which is the feel, the touch, the feel, you I've know, the fabric of our lives. That's right. You know, I believe, I, I believe that's the most important thing. And yeah. again, played most of Klonoa somewhat recently. I can't even say it works as like a kid's game. I think it does. And then another game that also sucks, um, <laughs> yeah. again, that has beautiful look beautiful touch uh, beautiful not a beautiful touch not a beautiful feel but has just a beautiful look and a vibe off the charts and an aesthetic in the stratosphere uh but that otherwise uh, completely depressingly blows to play is tomba you know somehow i thought you were going to go with tomba next yeah tomba's butthole trash but tomba has uh some weird discovery stuff in there that is uh, that is yeah also adding to it i don't know I understand what you're saying, but I, I think trash is uh, is too much. It's a step too far for It me. comes a time when you're looking at uh, you're looking at your video games. These days, you're not allowed to discuss a 
um, this is what I'm getting at here. You're not allowed to discuss a group of video games uh, loosely categorized without throwing some of them in the trash, right? Like, you're only one from each row. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, that's right. Klonoa's on the same row as Bonk. Where's Klonoa going? The trash. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Tomba's on the same row as... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of what game would be on the on the same row as Croc uh, Legend of the Gabos. No, then they'd both go. I would keep Croc over uh Tomba, but just barely. I'd, I'd squeak it out. Um I like Croc actually. Croc is neat and weird. The camera is the problem in Croc because they don't they don't give you independent camera control, so it's it's just f- kind of flopping around, but Well, this may interest you, but uh you know, they they a lot of times didn't back then. I'm aware of that. But also the game is designed very nicely around uh the camera control they do give you it's i mean you know nicely okay. is relative yeah it's easy to miss a platform in in crack it's easy to miss a platform in general that's why they call them platform games jerry all right before we go on to the break it's time for the fourth edition of our monthly segment the golden age of konami oh yeah let's hear it once a month i get one chance to determine the three-year window that tim rogers defines as konami's golden age so far i've guessed 1995 to 1997 1993 to 1995, and 1989 to 1991. All were incorrect. I'm taking a different strategy today. I'm going to guess, based on the fact that in the classic insert credit community, there used to be a Konami Week discussion once a year, and that ran from 2004 to (laughs) 2006. Uh, So that's my guess this month. Oh, the answer to that is no. Ah, dang it. Well, we'll try again next month. Uh, We'll be right back after a quick break. I can't tell you how close you are. I can't tell you. <laughs> no, you can't. You're not allowed. But we missed the, the break announcement. I guess that's okay. Tim Tim made the break announcement. I said we'll be back after a quick break. Oh, did you? Yeah, Jaffe said it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you say that after the Konami thing? Yeah, I said it after the Konami thing, yes. What the heck? <laughs> Looks like I've lost my dang mind. Get wild and lose your mind. Take this thing into overtime. Maybe I will. Maybe you should. Maybe I will and should and do. It's time for us to return to the show we like to call the Insert Credit Show. I like to call uh, it. This is the point where we turn to our dirt bag, where listeners who subscribe to patreon.com slash insert credit for just dollars a month can get access to a form where they can submit questions of their very own which I select from every week. Uh, they also get regular monthly bonus episodes and other neat treats and surprises. This week's question comes from Tom, who says... Well, hold on, can I just say, can I just say this? Yes. Every time you ask a question on the dirt bag, every time you, you submit a question, it, it, it basically manifests itself to Alex Jaffe as, as a, just a, you just busting out of the wall and, yeah. uh, and yelling it like this. That's, that's what it is. Thank you. Yeah, that's an evocative image. But <laughs> this week's question comes from Tom, who asks... Tom? Yeah. This <laughs> is a good one, so I might uh, afford a little extra time for it. Hey, Rio! Tom busts out of the wall and asks uh, his question. <laughs> Kool-Aid man style. Yes. He asks, if the Criterion Collection were to release video games, what might the first five titles be? And what would the ideal special features be for each of them? This is a real fun one because I remember Criterion Collection of video games being uh, like one of the first conversations I ever encountered 
when I went online to read about video games versus reading in magazines. So this is like the magazines had your, uh, you know, EGM's monthly Sean Baby, uh, Sean Baby, Sean Baby trashes uh, whatever the new Barbie game is or whatever, right? And then you go online and there's, well, there's several large communities that are a, a bunch of Sean Babies, but then there's other communities where nonstop, the only god darn sort of thing they want to talk about is uh, what would the Criterion Collection's first pick for for video games be? And so this was a thing. But what would and it would be? Whatever you know, Sean Baby would have a com- a commentary probably on these Criterion uh, DVDs. They're DVDs, right? Not Blu-rays. They could be Blu-rays. We're talking VHS or DVD Criterion, because uh, I think we're talking about laser discs. So a lot of my conversations, uh, a lot of my 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 theorizings about what a Criterion collection of video games would be is what I'm trying to say is it's rooted in the discussions people were having circa 1999. Does that make sense? In which case, laser discs. But at the same time, I stayed uh, lurking on the fringes of those communities into the the heyday. Of video games i would nominate the the one game off the top of my head that i know would be a criterion collection video game and uh i know it because it was being discussed as such on the same community where i first encountered this this discussion and it was one of the before the game ever came out it was being discussed as this and today i believe the discussion circulates no less fervently. You can say Eco. Uh, my my the, the Criterion Collection video game number one is Eco. Yeah, I knew it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think. Unfor- th- I mean, there it is. You know, I'm not passing judgment either way. I think Eco is a nice game, better than Clonoa at the very least, if you know what I mean. Oh! Uh, it's it's a nice game. Yeah, the Criterion games have to be like of cultural import. To a certain type of uh, like pseudo academic, yeah. And I don't mean pseudo as an in- insult. I mean like a self-proclaimed or a self-researched academic type of person, um, a, a a professional game liker. And so I think Eco is mm-hmm. is right up there. And you you get Fumito Ueda to do like a director's commentary. You show some of the there, oh, there are yeah. all these prototypes of Eco yeah. that have been floated around you get some of those maybe you get to play one hmm. you get a really nice you get that european cover with a slip case yeah i think we're talking about what what the special features would be right, right. like right. i feel like eco is a perfect game to talk about to just lay out what a criterion game special features would be i know frank probably has very strong opinions about what the ideal special features are for presenting. Yeah, how much am I being paid here for this? Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I can I can probably guess a couple of them. I can guess a, a, a small percentage, but then I also charge a fee past a, a certain. It's also percent. game by game. There's there's no template. <laughs> yeah, sure. There there you absolutely cannot apply a template for this. For Eco, you would want the original PlayStation Two game running as it ran on a PlayStation Two. Yeah. You would want, you would obviously want the Blue Point Games remaster, the 60 FPS one. You'd want that on there as well. And then I think there should be an update to that old remaster. Just give it 4K rendering. I, I agree with you. And in, in, in terms of like update the game, um, there, there, I'm sure you could tweak that game to make it more friendly to play. Now you can edit it. And something yes. that um, I often think about um, when it's like Criterion Collection, but games. Um, I don't remember the name of it. There's an Orson Welles film that, like many of his films, was left unfinished and like kind of released without him sort of thing. It's not Magnificent Amberson. It's some other one. No. I rented it once, and it was three discs. The Hollywood release after they took it from him, right? And they, and they sort of like hacked together something 
that wasn't quite his vision. Disc two, I think, was the last surviving cut that he edited, which was not done, but it's like the purest sort of vision, right? And then the third disc, I think it was the third disc, it might have been the first one, was the Criterion cut of this. And it was like they they took surviving oh. documentation and and like interpreted the surviving cut of his and 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 uh took some like deleted scenes that survived and things like that and tried to composite what they felt a, a wells version might be to try to get it as close as possible like i don't i don't know that there's the equivalent of that for eco but you know i, I suspect if you talk to ueda there might be regardless when I, when i think of how i'd want to do older games and and um make people appreciate them without pretending like it's the old days. I, I often think of that, like make a new cut, make one that, that is easier to play, make one that um, for the existing fans kind of like mixes in some new elements um, so that it's not the same game again. Uh, a, a really good analog for that actually is um, there was a reissue of Nirvana's album In Utero. They didn't like remaster it to make it better. They just went, okay, what if we, put this crappy solo in here instead you know they, they kind of like put in little tweaks from the original yeah. recordings to give you a different experience if you mm. were already a fan you know I, I think of stuff like that as well but i mean I, i'm going off on a tangent i think it's it's you, you can't template this and it's like game by game and it's and it's always in the service yes. of what makes this game specifically significant and how do we just target that and make you understand that interactively for eco frank i had a long conversation with ueda about movement and action and he felt that he was never able to get a person who could execute that the way that it would feel best Ooh, okay that's good you could just yeah. use the word good if you want so I, I could use the word well he didn't say good um <laughs> Good was what I was thinking about. But um, anyway, if you got the motion, the movement to feel good, then I think you'd have that. And then add like a couple more vistas that Eco and what's her name? Yona or whatever um, can can look at and stuff. And Yorda. Yorda, that's the one. Yeah, Yorda. Yogurt. Yorda. It's Yoda. Because <laughs> she says at the very end, that the very end, the last line, it's so hilarious. Do you guys remember? Like it's like the whole game's in this made up language, and then she points at Eco at the end and says, "You're the man, Eco." <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny when she Thank did you. that. Well, that's yeah, only the yeah. secret Thank ending. You. If you have the, the yeah, I don't think that's a canon ending. That's like that watermelon eating. You, one. you play through it a second time on hard difficulty. Yeah. yeah. Here's another candidate for this. Yes, we need them. I think Panzer Dragoon Saga is a great one because it's never mm. been ported oh, to anything. No. People talk about it all the time as like this classic thing, but nobody, none of these people have played it, you know, and it definitely has bits of it that are not fully finished or fleshed out. Like there's, there, there's a town, but that town is like, it's got some stuff you can do in it, but it doesn't, it's clear that there was meant to be more and there was probably meant to be more than one town. And, you know, Futatsuki is still out there doing stuff. You could get all his documents. He, he documented a lot of stuff. Yeah. You'd get like the original Saturn version perfectly emulated. Then you would get a remaster of it. And then you would get just like, you'd get a soundtrack, you'd get documents, you'd get interviews with people, you would get, um, I think you would need to have, probably for Eco as well, but I think some people would like a journalistic commentary on it. Like, I don't know, us talking about it. <laughs> and uh, 
how it was significant and how it was influential and and that kind of stuff um, to give people the context for it. You know, again, if we're doing one of those memes where it's you can only take one from each row and one of the rows is Panzer Dragoon, Panzer Dragoon's Vi, Panzer Dragoon Saga and Panzer Dragoon Orta. I'm I'm going with Zvi, man. Sure. That's that's the most in my opinion, I was going to say. So I think well, commercially Brandon's got it though, honestly. Yeah, like and, I think and, that the people are hungry for that even if it's not the mm-hmm. best game. They I think they they want that game. Yeah, I mean But I mean I watch a lot of Criterion collection movies over here. Uh whereas Brandon watches uh, his VHS stuff, I watch the Criterion collection. <laughs> oh, I I watch it. I'm, I'm just saying it's a, it's a similar a similar hobby, right? So sure. it's uh it's there's really very little meaningful difference uh, at the end of the day. There's plenty of trash on the Criterion collection. Is I what think I'm Sonic saying. Two would be a really interesting one um, to do because Sonic the, Two, Sonic yeah. Two, yeah, because the the game that that shipped is not really the vision that that they had for it. And I'm not saying that you can completely reconstruct the vision, but what I'm interested in is. The equivalent of when a uh, a Blu-ray shows like animatics or something, right? Like like rough cuts or like um, just shows like the storyboards, but like animates them to make you kind of like understand the vision without it being complete. Yeah, I mean, um, Yasuhara has all those maps for sure. And he's got all the little traps and all that business. That'd be great. I, I, I literally know where the drawn Yasuhara map for Genocide City Zone is. It's it's, wow. uh, it's in this state. Um, yeah. And uh, as, as are a lot of the art assets, like we can get a lot of that stuff together and we can start sort of piecing together what the vision was. And again, I don't think you put in the work to like complete a game. I think it's okay to have Sonic just running around in like an empty environment, right? Or just like mock up a few screens with art assets to be like, here's what this might have looked like. But but try to like reconstruct what that original vision was, which yeah. was more of a time travel story. And uh, there's some really interesting uh, and very compelling uh, research into how like some of the assets... Like, like, I think the soundtrack, like, I, I watched a YouTube video that totally convinced me that the soundtrack was written for that original time travel thing. And that uh, if you actually look at the order of the songs in code, as opposed to in game, like it actually does kind of follow this time travel thing, which is really mm. interesting. So I don't know, like, that would be a fun one to sort of reconstruct from everyone's memories and documentation to help better understand what the vision was, so that you could better appreciate what the final product was. That would be very interesting uh, to see people's reactions to because they would be probably as mad at Sonic, which is why I think it's a good idea. They would be as mad at Sonic 2 being selected as one of the first uh, Criterion Collection video games as they were mad that Naughty Dog is remaking The Last of Us. Uh, Yeah. I think it would be on like the same exact level. It's like, there's a million. It's so easy to play Sonic 2. It's everywhere, and it's like that's not the point here. What do you think about uh about Virtua Fighter Two? Because there's a lot of versions, and there's like a purity to the arcade version. I think it sounds like, like what we're saying here is that Sega Ages Twenty Five Hundred series for <laughs> yeah. uh, the PlayStation Two was already pretty much a Criterion Collection of of video games. Yeah, I mean, they got Gunstar Heroes on there, you know. Yeah, they didn't do uh. Panzer Dragoon Saga, but uh, if they would have, Force Fi. They only did the first one. Th- yeah, they, maybe uh, 
if they'd done Panzer Dragoon Saga, there'd be a whole, uh, there'd be more people out there who'd played it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of Sega stuff you can think of as being in the Criterion Collection. You got to pick one, one Sega game, though. What's the one Sega game we would pick of all these ones we're discussing here? Sonic 2 for me. Sonic 2? Yeah, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Saga's good. I see you are disagreed, so I propose we <laughs> split the difference with Panzer Dragoon Spy. Because that's what I was getting there. Panzer and Dragoon a two. and a two, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to drop in a little bit more generic stuff for, for how yeah, I go approach for these things philosophically, which is that I think that there's a level of restoration that can be done that is uh, inarguably... Um, not going against the original intent of these games. You're talking about Night Dive Studios, our good friends. Uh, uh, I think they. I mean, they, I'm just. I'm they just they, they swerve a little too far in in, in one direction sometimes. Um, like I, I do not oh, think that Power okay, Slave well. is Power Slave. Um, as a Power Slave, oh, that's not I think that Doom 64 Quake, the Quake man. I yeah, the, know, the, the, the Dooms feel great, but but Power Slave is a very like digital movement game. If you know what I mean, it's very like D-pad and 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 transitioning yeah. that into a fully analog. It's just a different game now. It's fine, but it's a very different game. But uh, when I say restoration, I mean, for example, um, Digital Eclipse did something that 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 falls in, into how I view this, which is on the Samurai Showdown collection when uh, the the quote unquote camera in those two D fighters, you know, zooms out quote unquote in the original game, you're running at a two forty p resolution. So when it's scaling, it's like eating pixels right like it's just reducing pixels to scale out um yeah but they they rendered the game at like 4x so that when it zooms out you don't actually lose any of the pixels and to me that's a proper restoration because it's like i think inarguable that that anyone working on the game wouldn't have preferred that yeah they were just doing the best oh yeah could. it was just it was just impossible it was just exactly it was, it was physically it was impossible, impossible. Yeah. um another another one would be um audio or like texture asset compression um if we're able to dig out those original source files and make them sound better which again has been done this isn't new like uh the double fine remakes of the the lucas arts games they went back to the the tapes and and re-recorded uh them digitally not re-recorded but uh, uh digitize the original tapes as opposed to using the compressed audio that was on the original discs that level of restoration i think is very quote-unquote criterion collection I, I think that's mandatory for for a, a, a a product like that is to is to really consider like are there pieces of this that are the equivalent of rescanning the the original negatives you know and 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 yeah. what is the video equivalent video game equivalent of that i mean so we've got a lot of people out there who are doing really good restorations of stuff and video games and putting out really good collections you got m2 is wonderful at putting out mm-hmm. these these collections i like uh all the stuff night dive does uh digital the clips hamster is doing well now i had no idea that hamster turned it Hamster's around arcade archives thing those sega sega ages releases for the likes of the nintendo switch there's a lot of these really good things going but uh criterion uh, obviously does stuff differently uh right so like what's what's the criterion difference i guess is the thing to sketch here what would you call the like what would criterion do i mean obviously they would select eco as one of the first games right they would also somehow be able to sell games that nobody wants you know, like we don't we don't have the equivalent yeah. of that. You know, our, our development yeah. budget for even just an old game being republished somewhere is extremely prohibitive to getting anything obscure. Well, out I mean, there. limited run can do that. 
So I think there is there is a path toward it. Like limited run can still yeah, games. Yeah, but what limited run does is just like ROM in an emulator, though. You know, like that. That's the only reason they can do no, it. No, I'm I'm just saying that it is possible to to. It, it uh, is sort of possible, but you're talking about games where you know if you're relying just on the limited run, you're talking what like two thousand a skew, right? Across sure. two maybe three skews. So yes, it's like it's not a huge amount of money. You have to you have to budget a game that can sell less than 10,000 units and be profitable and uh, in a studio system that's basically impossible um, and you're you're not going to you know create a product that is uh, on the level that we're talking about at that budget so yeah my take is that it's impossible to be a criterion collection unless you can establish a market even larger than limited run uh, yeah. That will, yeah that will buy whatever you're selling well, if it's the Criterion company, the Criterion name, every time Criterion has new releases, you'll see people tweeting, I love the cover art of this, can't wait to buy mm -hmm. this again, uh, the, the special features, the bonuses. I believe that every Criterion video game would, by necessity, contain a disc, like a, a, a Blu-ray disc mm -hmm. containing a, you know, not tooting my own horn, not putting my own name forward because I have my own thing going, but containing like a five, six hour, like lusciously, luxuriously produced video documentary uh, uh presented very well with lots and lots if and lots it of were literally criterion is what you're saying yeah right? if, Not... if it were literally criterion you're yeah. not saying that is the best way to do it got it yeah yeah i agree with yeah that. yeah i mean i i think it's a it's in my opinion it it would be the ultimate treat for like the fan of a game to get this very luxuriously produced yeah. ken burns documentary about the game in addition to the game and i think that would be very on brand for criterion but also criterion was for me very very important as a youth who had uh his mom's hand-me-down car and a barnes and noble pretty close because i was able to watch akira kurosawa movies uh for lots of money right and uh, i was able to get the seven samurai i was able to watch these movies with subtitles that i'd never seen before so i am saying the one of the very first flop of criterion video games would need to contain linda cube again for the playstation yeah. one nice. it would need a full translation of of linda cube i would posit as a definitely necessary as a game that would fit all of these criteria I've put up. Probably what you would do, because the Saturn, PlayStation, and PC Engine versions are all different and have different stuff. You'd fuse them. You'd fuse the scenarios, mm -hmm. perfect, perfect the graphics, yes. You know, everything we're talking about has been done somewhere. It's just there's not a consistent line. You know, I mean, you're, we're talking about yeah. fusing elements. Again, just, you know, digital clips upstairs, like literally upstairs for me right now. The uh, the Blizzard collection they did like like Rock and Roll Racing and and uh, Lost Vikings uh, maybe Blackthorn I don't think Blackthorn, love those but games those two games you know they had different content across different SKUs and there is sort of a digital eclipse cut uh, that that fuses it all together into one coherent experience mm -hmm. so you know that's been done as well it's just I don't know there's very little that hasn't actually been done there just yeah. hasn't been a consistent vision yet that that has dominated frank have, have you been looking at uh hamsters stuff lately and what they've been doing not lately the last i looked it was just kind of like here's mame with one game but is yeah, there, have they, have they unbare bonesified the presentation they have so i mean the presentation is still pretty bare bonesy but they have been doing stuff where like they'll get the original programmer of the game in and they will 
like painstakingly make sure that all of the bugs work correctly um ex- um, unless mm-hmm. they're things that break the game or the score loop or whatever like things things that the community relies on for score attacks will remain but um things that break the game will be will be patched and changed uh you should check out O five pro on Twitter and he's constantly going into the the dip switch zone and finding out which incredibly obscure things are lovingly maintained by Hamster in these new versions that they're doing. And so it's 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 pretty interesting because they're able to do one a week of these. And they've yeah. they've done they're like the a, South Park of this. Yeah. They do they do like a <laughs> a live stream every week and they they like celebrate the people that are getting the high scores in all of these games and and a lot of these games are just yeah. massively obscure they're just who knows or cares about the differences but some people do i i think that's really interesting but but my issue with these products is that uh the target audience is exactly the people who already know these games and sure. uh that is an audience that is shrinking and dying i'm dying frank but i ain't shrinking <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let me tell you, I, <laughs> one of those things, and definitely not one of the, the other ones. The weekly leaderboard thing. Um, they have like a score Very attack cool. yeah. or a caravan mode for every game, even if it didn't have one. And through so doing, they have created fans who are like, "I'm going to play the new hamster release uh, of whatever arcade game it is, and I'm trying to get into the top." Yeah, 10. and and I, I I've always wanted that sort of communal experience and i really thought playdate would be that and then i got it and like there was no one to play with <laughs> i just didn't have well also the, <laughs> uh, the playdate they're like everybody has to have the same experience which means when you get the thing like there's a time release for the games right it's not like you get it and then they're all there because everybody else had them too it's what a weird idea it's it, it was not, not yeah, the right way it was to a do very it. weird idea so okay if criterion is going to do five games at a time right yeah Five games at a time. I think the first dump of them, uh, they should do one uh, sort of modern classic. They should do one translation of a previously untranslated video game. And they should do one uh, director spotlight uh, of like retro stuff. So I would propose three of the first five games. uh, Criterion Collection for games number one, Eco. Mm -hmm. Number two, the work of Yu Suzuki. Every single one of his games, every version of all of them. I, that can't be that hard. Shenmue's on there. Go for it. Uh, there's those recent re-releases. No problem. Right? You, you <laughs> go for it. It can all fit on one uh, on one uh, uh, Blu-ray disc. I mean, that's the main issue with game development is can it fit on a disc? So right. As long as the data yeah. fits, it should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my number three, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to say Tokimeki Memorial. The Tokimeki Memorial Forever With You Saturn and PlayStation versions uh, uh, fused into one thing. Uh, that would be my number three choice. Okay. And then I don't know about the other two. You are 60% uh, Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know, which is why we got to move it over. A case could be made for Mist. No no matter how many times you bought that thing, it feels like <laughs> a Criterion yeah. kind of a no, game. Sure. And and the, the documentation is all there. I think Mist is a good is a good candidate. Yeah. And then I want like France or something at this point, like uh, another world. Just put another world there. Yeah, the, another world. world. You could also make a version of that feels better to play as yeah. well. You can just get Eric Chahi talking over it. Yeah, get him to Perfect. talk over the whole thing. Do a director's commentary, basically. Yeah, an- another world would be a little bit unfortunate uh, for uh, the, uh, the fact that uh, Eco is most directly inspired by mm-hmm. uh, another world, a uh, very hardcore 
and that uh, another world would be included as uh, a later. Uh, it would have a later number in the Criterion. That's okay. The criterion collection for games number one. It's got to be eco. I also do think you could make a strong argument for uh, like number twenty to be Katamari, because because Criterion likes to every once in a while prove like no, we 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 like fun goofy stuff also. Doesn't all have to be serious. Yeah, and then maybe. But the whole the, the the best running thing will be people wondering when Shadow of the Colossus is yeah. is going to be, and then it would be like number one hundred and two or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it would be like very eventually into the future. It would include the PS2 version so you can see it run at six FPS mm-hmm. when the when the Colossuses are mad. What would number five be though? So I I was liking Star Control two as one to put on there. Elite maybe. Elite or is Elite two? too much to wrap one's brain around i don't know well elite is one of those ones where does anyone want to play it or is it only historically interesting yeah but then you could have like a good video that explains all the stuff but i think you might yeah i think one of the prerequisites for these games is that is that the cool uh aforementioned alluded to long documentary video that they would probably put out should never be uh, a replacement for playing the software yeah and again that's how criterion would approach it Mm -hmm. as criterion but what i've always wanted and pushed for is this is on a video game console with a controller we can do anything we want on the screen what is the interactive equivalent of the giant hardcover art book um oh yeah so sonic jams museum mode sega's at the forefront of this pretty close yeah for years yeah 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 the sonic jam museum dude that's still the every criterion game would would have something like that. I keep saying I'd love, like, if if Sonic Jam were a live game, essentially, and they just keep <laughs> adding Sonics to it, and then they add more material to it, and so like this month, new Sonic Jam content is dropping. We got we got these uh, cartoons in here now. We got this thing. We got this prototype. We got it. We got the Michael Jackson music back. Everybody with the actual tapes that are still in the vault. Look at this. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So so are, like it, it's very famous. It's very renowned. Uh, and it is often often joked about uh, that uh, one of that the Criterion Collection of films happens to include uh, Michael Bay's Armageddon. Right. This is mm-hmm. like one of those facts people love to throw around. Uh, while smoking weed or or kicking a can or shooting turds or whatever it is people do uh you know uh so it's uh they love to say you, you know armageddon is part of the criterion collection dude right so maybe that should be our game number five is something like armageddon no i don't think it should be five i think it should, mortal combat two it would be further down the line but it de- they definitely should get something like turok in there I mean, this is this is the modern criterion so they're trying to uh they're trying to they, they need to prove that they're they're doing something different from what they've been doing their whole existence so they need to prove that the marketing uh that they've they've thought it through i think it's funny that um we have not mentioned any nintendo games and i think it's because like sega lends itself to this because as we've discussed many times in the past sega has these kind of not necessarily finished, but definitely good idea kind of video Sega's games. Sega's weird as heck. And then Nintendo has these things that they spent like 50 years making, and then they're like, well, there it is. That's that's what you get. Well, I think for me, even in Fantasyland, even in Fantasyland, Nintendo is not going to work with anyone Th- else. That's true so. as well. And <laughs> also Nintendo, is, yeah. Nintendo insists on putting out their own horrible... The reason the Criterion Collection of video games like conversation persists is uh, nintendo is like really bad at putting out 
updated versions of their games like they do the egregious charge you five dollars for super mario brothers every three years or whatever it is they do right yeah. like here's a new way to play super mario brothers for 1995 a month or or whatever right um so and then they that mario 3d collection was pretty pretty bare bones and somewhat bad I don't know. It has Mario Galaxy in 1080p, which is nice. It, it there's just there's a whole lot going on with Nintendo stuff, and they the Super Mario All Stars was uh, kind of an early Criterion template, but now Nintendo is just kind of I don't know. They they just kind of love to keep their stuff uh, unplayable and obscure, or charge you five dollars for a, a version of it that has a help icon stuck on the screen. Uh, Square Enix, they're definitely the anti Criterion if we had to pick. Right, mm-hmm. they're the anti-criterion at bringing stuff and anything non-Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Square Enix is just real bad at representing. They're trying to earn some good faith back with that Live Alive remake. See, that would have been a good Criterion Collection candidate. Uh, was that Live Alive game because it had never been translated? Oh, that's a good like critics love it, and you've never heard of it kind mm-hmm. of game. Critics yeah. love it. You've never heard of it. You've never played it, and neither have the critics. You know, it would be would <laughs> you be know, fun, it's like, but. It, <laughs> I, I am learning that about a half hour into that game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> no, nobody would ever, uh, nobody would ever do this. But something that Criterion sometimes does is they they just did this like Once Upon a Time in China collection, which I bought, and they have all these yeah. documentaries on here, men and and short films and things. Many of which those are good films do not have anything to do with Once Upon a Time in China, except that like. Uh, one person associated with it was the cinematographer or whatever, um, uncredited or something like that. And, and, but it does have like cultural relevance to it. Yeah. So I think it would be really interesting to do a Sonic two, uh, criterion edition where along with Sonic two, you get like high seas havoc and socket and zero, the kamikaze squirrel. And just like all the, all the things that tried to be like Sonic on the Genesis that tried to recapture that magic and then it would put like like a weird context around sonic yeah there's kids out there who don't know how epidemic it was yeah how epidemic the mascot platform rodent nonsense was like you could do just rodents and be like here's how many rodents we had in video games That's not a All that's right. not a rodent, it's a marsupial. We are yeah. way over time, so I'd like to go right into our lightning round. What are the five games on this list? Go. Oh, Eco. Eco. Eco is, is mandatory. I, I actually think another world should be mandatory as well. Well, maybe not top five though. I mean you had a I can go either way with what you said. Another world should be number ten. Another world will be the tenth game released. Because they'll the do a same beautiful time, Wait, at the same time though. I like the idea of if you are like getting all five of these and and like deciding to have this experience that we're presenting to you, I like the idea of immediately being able to contrast these games and, and appreciate them both in different ways because you have the contrast. I'll buy it, right? But uh, the Another World also has to come with uh, Heart of the Alien and Heart of Darkness. That makes sense. Oh, sure. Let's just, put them all just on put them, Just put them on there. Because like the Criterion Collection, they like to do collections within their collection where they're like mm-hmm. noir films in color or whatever. And so oh, it, I, it, I watched all of those, dude. Yeah, I yeah. watched them all. Some of them are boring. I win. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think there is a compilation. <laughs> they're not boring. They're just they're just Criterion, baby. It's yeah. not it's not boring. It's it's the Criterion Collection. 
It's uh, so I, I liked your Yu Suzuki idea. I just think it's uh, unreasonable it's to put them all into one thing. But is there an, an equivalent, right? Um, so we kind of did Chahi essentially yeah. By, yeah. by including the others. But is but should we be more direct? Should it be like uh, Jeff Minter or something, right? Like the complete Minter, or That's like too much oh stuff God. or or even just like spotlighting a system and and I don't know. Or, or like a company. I don't, I don't know. Like like a, a compilation that tells a story uh, with a set of games as opposed to focusing on one game. You know who you know who wants to be in this collection but won't be is Peter Molyneux. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. But we sure. could get him in there. Not with a ten foot pole. I mean, there's a there's a. Uh, I mean, I have in my head a perfect. If if Criterion wants to call me up on the phone and ask, I I can tell you exactly what to do. But I don't want to do it because it ties in a little bit too much to something I'm working on for a little deeper in the future. So I don't want to mention. Okay, so do we have Another World as number two? Yes, Another World is number two. I want, I want Sonic 2. Just get it in there. Yeah. Uh, okay, Frank? Sonic 2 is number three. Sonic 2 is an interesting reconstruction okay. one, and I think we learn a lot from that. To prove how much they can do with a game, uh, yeah. quote unquote, everybody has played. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like that a lot. Okay. That's three. Yeah. Sonic 2. I'm going to say um, number five has to be, I think, I think Tokimeki Memorial uh, translated with commentaries by Igarashi and uh, uh, a whole lot of that stuff. I like it. Yeah. I think license, that's license your thing in there. there. We'll put your thing on, on the disc somewhere. Yeah. That should be on there. They get for a hip for a heavy licensing fee. Would it be weird to put <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Mist in as number five and just have all the interviews and all the conversations around how it was so important and maybe put in a couple other like hypercard looking video games or is that not no that's cool i like it is that a deeper cut but in the manhole for sure yeah 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 put in pissed with john goodman yeah i mean i feel like i feel like mist also for for the for the criterion audience like my mom cares about mist so it kind of makes sense i think think mist also uh criterion does a decent job of uh now you'll finally watch this you know yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like there's probably a lot of people out there who have never played mist but know it and even say they like it you know there's got to be a lot of those out there yeah and now they'll finally play it all okay. right we have our I mean, list you know yeah yeah dude we did it congratulations it only took us half an episode this is now the time to recommend the things that you would like to recommend to our audience i'm going to recommend everyone check out the criterion channel yeah, it's great. And if 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 you have any complaint uh, that it's it's uh, you know more expensive than another streaming service, or you have eight or nine streaming services, just just ditch them all, Jerry. I ditched them all for a while and uh, had a very good time just watching Criterion. Um, I don't ditch them all now. What? Because I need to stay on top of the conversation, which is a film starring Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Also, just you know the the cultural conversation. The conversation is quite a good film. Um, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't call that a my recommendation for the week because I just feel like everybody's already seen it. If you're listening to the show, they might not have probably already seen it. If you, you haven't seen probably, it, go on. I'm I'm giving people the it's called the benefit of the doubt. Sure. I'm just assuming you're all you know everyone you know I'm giving you all permission to just watch it real quick and then pretend you you'd seen it yeah. uh, before. Very good film. I have I had a very good joke about the conversation um in my Cyberpunk 2077 uh video. So if you want to. Find that it's somewhere in the the nine nine hours of <laughs> yeah. that video. Good luck. The the dense the dense the dense labyrinth of that video. There's a there's a, a really good the conversation joke. So you know if you know that one, thanks. 
I got a few things. Or Frank, do you have any first? Get some good sleep. Yes. It just kind of seems to cascade to everything. Get some good sleep. And uh, and once you've mastered that, which I've not quite mastered, but I'm attempting, uh, your next trick to have a good day every day, poop on the regular. All right. That's all I got, folks. Yeah. Just I, I don't leave the house till I poop. That's my rule. Good rule. I say take a dump because I believe it sounds better. All uh, right. I'll do that too. I like to take a morning dump. Yeah. Back up that dump truck to the toilet and uh, and, and let I go. Gotta, I got to go put the cake in the basement, as we say. Uh, I know. Are you more leaving than taking? Hey, man. Yeah. I don't make the rules. <laughs> uh, okay. I've got two recommendations and a little, uh, little, little tiny story that is uh, somewhat amusing that requires. Well, it doesn't require. Let's see if if y'all want to participate. So my my mom was uh, was here for three weeks. Um, she wasn't staying here, um, but she she came over several times. And one of those times, I happened to be playing a video game. Only one of those times. Mm-hmm. She uh, she heard it and she said, "That's just the worst noise I've ever heard." <laughs> can you guess what console I was playing? I assumed that you can probably guess. I mean, I just re- I remember being very frustrated even as a video game player by the sound of my brother playing Pokemon on a Game Boy. It just uh, oh, sure. it just didn't sound good. So any portable system, it's like hearing, you know, when someone's on the phone, uh, it's one of the most obnoxious things. There's, I'm sure, a psychiatrist or a psychologist in the in the crowd could uh, explain, uh, the, explain it as with some term. There's probably some two-word vocabulary phrase, but it's like, it, it's particularly annoying to hear someone on the phone because you only hear half of the conversation. It's particularly just way more annoying than listening to two people talk loudly. It's uh, it's it's interesting. So portable games are yeah. worse, in my opinion. Well, it was the Genesis. It was the Genesis, which I I think um is prime culprit oh. for horrible noise. Some some with gems, I'm guessing. One of them gems games. It was Turrican. It was Mega Turrican. I was playing. Okay, oh. all right. MT. I like that one. It was just funny to have m- my mom come over here while I'm playing a Genesis game uh, as I'm 41 years old and be like, well, that's a terrible sound. <laughs> just like uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, and then in this case, nothing changed. So that was funny to me. And then uh, my two recommendations are if you drink uh, wine, you should buy a wine aerator because they're very cheap and they do make your wine taste a little better. To get the oxygen bubbles in there costs like I don't know ten bucks to get one of those rabbit ones or whatever. Um, just just fill it with bubbles. It's good. And then the last recommendation one of them I have rabbit ones mm-hmm, is uh, if you live in the Bay Area, once again a regional uh, recommendation. Sorry, you should buy Alvarado Street bread. They got the the California style one. I, it's my favorite like wheat bread, sprouted wheat type of bread that you can that you can get pretty much anywhere. You can get your Dave's or whatever, but that's a little sweet. This has a nice tang to it, and it feels it feels a little fermented uh, and hearty. Dave's. I highly I highly recommend Alvarado Street. Uh, you can get it in the in the Bay Area and the North Bay. I'm pretty sure, at least, um, if not some other places. So look it up. I go 100 percent for Ezekiel 49. Uh, the uh, bread. You ever get that? The Ezekiel. Yeah. Anybody mm-hmm. out there who knows the Ezekiel? That's the one I usually go for. Is it the sprouted grain one? Food for life, bro. Food for life. It has the lowest acid level of any bread on the market. This one's kind of a different experience than that. In case you, like me, have have, have burned through layers of your esophagus, 
taking Frank's uh, recommendation too literally by getting too much sleep. Uh, if you're going to take, don't sleep right away as soon as you don't have anything else to do. You need to make sure you wait at least two hours after you eat dinner uh, or else you'll end up like me with uh, your esophagus burned through in several parts. It's healing. Uh, thanks to Ezekiel Sprouted Grain, a Food for Life bread. I have some recommendations. I would like to recommend The Bear on FX. That's a good show. It's a very intense, very kind of claustrophobic, anxious look at working at a restaurant that's heavily in debt. And that kid from Shameless is in there. One of the good ones. And in the intro sequence where they show a bunch of Chicago things, they show the Oakland Tribune because they did a bad Google image search. <laughs> Despite that, nevertheless, I started it on <laughs> well, a whim and ended up watching the whole thing in one go. Uh, it's a good time. If you liked Uncut Gems, you'll like this. Uh, I also recommend that if you're listening to this show in some format where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you do that for us. It's really helpful. Uh, you could also go to patreon.com slash insert credit where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, listen to monthly bonus episodes, and get other exclusive content. You can also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com. Follow us on Twitter at insert credit or search for insert credit on YouTube. This show is edited by Esper Quinn with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alexander the Great. Uh, I'm Frank Spaldi. I'm not that great. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon the Acceptable. <laughs> and take dumps on the regular. Oh, by the way, Frank, you won this episode. So, okay. Come up with a question next. Cool. Week.